Welcome to That's What Sure Said. I'm Adam. And I'm Brooks. And this is the show where we think long and hard about The Office, Parks and Recreation, and all the other great content produced by Greg Daniels and Michael Schur. Here we go. So there's a new boss in town um, in season five of The Office. Bum, ba, da, bum, is... bum, 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 bum. Heimdall. Oh, wait, that's another Prince Charles Minor. Sir Charles Minor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, right. That's right. Uh, we've got a new we've got a new boss in town and it's Sir Charles Minor. Now, what do you Adam, what do you think the the deal with all those like British references that Michael's doing? Like, do you think that's like a reference to Idris Elba being British or like do you It think has to be cuz yeah, like it's weird cuz right. he does yeah. He does he does the whole like Sir Charles What maybe see maybe that's the justification is that there's cuz isn't one of the royal family like Prince Charles is so yeah, like yeah. maybe that's maybe he kind of that was like a little you know the writers were oh, doing right. a little nod like a, like but a it's play still, on his name yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well welcome welcome Sir Charles you know we've got a, a great assortment of C shaped bagels uh, to make you feel welcome <laughs> here in Scranton and um, stayed up all night to finish them yeah we're we're excited for you to come and say hi to everyone and then leave immediately and not ask too many questions so welcome <laughs> and we will provide you with everyone's sexual history and, yeah. uh, <laughs> right this is like kind of the beginning of a storyline um comes in called the michael scott paper company storyline that's right and yeah he's a he's a big catalyst in that um so you know we're today we're gonna debate it's a great debate of uh Charles Minor and how he was in the show and how we think how he fit into the cast for those episodes. Um, and then also the Michael Scott Paper Company storyline. Each of us are going to pick a side and we're going to kind of defend it. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to do that. And I'm sure if anyone's listened to any of the other episodes, they've probably heard me say at least one bad thing about the Michael Scott Paper Company storyline. So, you know, which <laughs> one I'm defending and that's so Charles Minor. <laughs> Yeah, this is the long-awaited uh, uh, Charles Minor versus the Michael Scott Paper Company. Or maybe it should be the other way around, you know, because in terms of the prosecution is the Michael Scott Paper Company versus... Yeah, it's the company for... I, I was actually th- literally thinking that as I was thinking of how I was going to name it. So it's got to be... It's got to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. because because you're right, um, thanks to Charles Minor, we get... Uh, one of the best storylines in the office. And like Adam said, <laughs> uh, if you've heard any of our ramblings before, you know that we just wanted to do a debate episode because we've long debated this sort of mini arc, this storyline in season five, where Michael breaks out on his own and uh, and branches out and starts the Michael Scott Paper Company. And... and to be honest, we haven't actually like really gone into depth on, you know, like in terms of a debate, like off mic before. So this is kind of True. the first time we've ever really like gone into detail on these things. Like we're essentially just going to, it's going to be casual. We're just going to, there's not, it's like debate rules or anything. We're just going to go episode by episode in this arc and just talk about it. And with, you know, Charles Minor as sort of, 
a central figure, you know, not just because it makes for a nice episode title and theme of like the, you know, Michael Scott Paper Company versus Charles Minor. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but also because, <laughs> like he said, uh, you know, he's he's kind of the whole reason that this happens. He's the he's the inciting incident. And we see him a little bit. We see him maybe what once again after this story arc yes. finishes. Yeah. On the picnic. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's he really only exists within this story arc. So it's just an it's an interesting case study, I think, in the office, uh, you know, like during its mid range, like how do we what do we do? You know, we should talk about that, actually, where the show is at this point. At this mm. point, we've lost. Yes. Greg Daniels and Michael Schur. Michael Schur. No. Yeah. The namesake so. for our podcast, <laughs> which is really just yeah. a, a lazy sort of like. We're not only talking about Michael Schur stuff, so it's just the <laughs> it's just a cool <laughs> name. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's a good it's a good to note the context. Like this is yeah. this is taken uh, over by Paul Lieberstein, mm-hmm. uh, aka Toby, and yeah, this this batch of episodes has a unique set of directors and Jen Salata too, right? Was it like a co? thing at first i think so yeah it was just kind of like writing team and she had been a long yeah time sort of producing yeah yeah writer, actually so. yeah now that i think about it on the credits i do remember seeing them both so yeah but the, and this is the first season right that we have this new dynamic behind the scenes right yeah yeah because before that it was it was the same people running it mm-hmm. uh the first four that's why the first four seasons feel to me like they have the most consistency of the show mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like season five is kind of where things got a little, that's where things got a little cartoony. And then it kind of got back on track a little bit here and there in season six and seven. Mm-hmm. And then eight and nine kind of started going in a weirder direction. But I think, I mean, uh, okay. So I know that Paul Feig actually directed a lot of the Michael Scott Paper Company episodes and some of the, the Charles Minor focused ones. And I disclaimer, I actually don't I don't really like Paul Feig as a director. I don't think I don't I don't I don't think his stuff's that funny or good. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I see what you're saying in terms of like Paul Feig as a director on the office. Um mm-hmm. I mean obviously we've got the dinner party, right? That was the peak. But I mean, let's be real, that was the writing. Like that wasn't I mean, Paul Feig did a great yeah. job, but it wasn't, there wasn't any like, nothing it, about Dinner Party yeah. screams Paul Feig. Whereas you can, yeah. I, you, like, you could definitely see his influence in this arc because there's a lot mm-hmm. of like really awkward comedic, like, and I will concede a lot of stuff to you in terms of like, ooh, like, like even like an entire episode, I'm gonna be like, yeah, like, <laughs> this whole episode is like pretty cringy and awkward and not connecting there's just like a couple bits that are good you know but um right, and i actually right. don't even know that he directed that one i'm thinking of uh, yeah because i know steve carell did one i think paul lieberstein i think did one um, yeah paul lieberstein did two weeks the second in the arc um okay. so yeah new boss the first in the arc is paul feig then two weeks is paul lieberstein dream team the third is paul feig uh, Michael Scott Paper Company is uh, Gene and Lee. And then we've got Heavy Competition, Ken Whittingham. I believe he was the British fellow. Broke, Steve Carell. Casual Friday, Brent Forrester. Which, you know, and okay. I, I, I think... So really it was only like one or two <laughs> then of Paul Feig. 
But I know he has a lot of episodes this season. Yeah. In season five. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, let's get into yeah. it. Well, I guess, yeah, the only other thing about the whole context of season five that another thing maybe to address is, you know, season four, previous season happened sort of during the um, the writer's strike. And so it was shorter than normal season. Uh, and this season five sort of, I guess, in response to the popularity of the show um, and the sort of previous lack of episodes, NBC was like, let's do a supersized season. So there's like more season yeah, five. Episodes. Yeah, it's 28 episodes. So that's um, so I think that's kind of also like important to understand that. I mean, obviously, right now we're we're very used to like 10, 13 episode seasons of storylines and stuff. So like thinking about going back to a time where you'd have well, like a the first few seasons were actually all like pretty long, like tw- in the twenties, except for the first season. I mean, the oh, first I just mean was six episodes. Yeah, you mean other shows. I mean, now, right now, in twenty twenty one, the, the, the oh, okay. it's hard yeah. to imagine. Sorry. Yeah, like going back to a time where seasons would be that long. Yeah, um, yeah, like like Lost or something, where yeah. like, drama would be like twenty six episodes, or yeah. Yeah, or like 22 or whatever, 24, yeah. you know. So, anyway. Like Game of Thrones or something is like, what, eight episodes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like something? Ten. Like 13, sometimes. Yeah, and then imagine getting like 25 of those every season, you know. It's like there's gonna, there's, there's bound to be some fluff, you know. Well, uh, but okay I. okay in a comedy. But I think that's a good, like, that's a fir- good first point that I want to bring up is that okay. I think they, in doing this like little mini arc, they didn't just throw in a bunch of fluff. Like it was a really good way to extend the the season as a whole without getting into, I, I like, I think there could have been some great, just like random day in the life one-off episodes. But I also think that's where you can get into the, like the really like, Oh, this episode was really bad versus, you know, like it, it could be very hit or miss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is though, it's like, I think the only the only thing I'll fight back with is like, I kind of feel like by the end of the story arc, none of the characters changed at all. Um, as a person, you know, like, uh, like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, yes, I would agree with that as, as a whole for the whole arc, but there's one episode in particular that is probably my favorite one. Maybe where I, I think that like the reason it works well is because there is a little bit of, character development going on um, right because it's like as i was watching it i kind of was like you know any kind of because all the actions that that are created by the michael scott paper company and kind of being formed i kind of was trying to see okay well what where are these characters how are they changing so by by the end by the time they're back in the office what's different about them than before you know yeah and to me, it kind of felt like nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, but but that's, that's, that's just that's my first argument, point. my my first point. But but at the same time, um, I do I I know what you're saying too. Is it's kind of a unique mini season within the season, kind of like what they do later with the Florida storyline, or um, you know, yeah. ones like that where they they have you know the merger. You know, it's a good six seven episodes. That's like one storyline, and then they kind of go back to just day in the life. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I guess we could start with Charles. Let's we'll start talking about like you know him entering yes. on uh, 
a new boss. Um, that's right. I like how this one is is raining the entire time too. That's kind of that that is a really cool visual back kind of background because we haven't really gotten that before in the show where it's like the weather is constant. You know? Like yeah. That. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, like that first scene where <laughs> Jim's got the tuxedo and all that, and it's yeah, it's raining, and uh, and and indeed, like throughout the episode, and yeah, it's it's a nice kind of just. I don't know. It's yeah, it's just a good backdrop for. Um, I don't know. You know, other episodes like it'll be snowing, or there will there will just randomly be like snow on the ground just to kind of show you right. what time of year it is or just add that's the time and place. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's, and it just, it, yeah, it make it heightens the realism too. Um, but yeah, I, I like that as well about this episode. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a great sort of introduction to the character of, uh, Charles minor. Um, yeah, it's just, sort of classic, you know, Michael being himself, being being Michael and this sort of regular person from the outside, a civilian, is is like, okay, who's this guy? Um, yeah, I, I really like his stri- the, the the strictness, you know, how strict, how actually strict he is, like we're, we're, when Stanley's reading his crossword and he's <laughs> kind of just staring at him and, um, you know, how he is with Jim overall. Yeah. So yeah, let's get right. into that. No, that's the thing with Jim. That's sort of the, the, the central, like, you know, other than Michael, the conflict with Michael, like the central yeah. conflict, um, in this episode is with Jim and like how Jim's charms don't have any effect on Charles. And it's kind of like Jim isn't able it's like he's lost his mojo around Charles, which is kind of like, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. this is one of the weaker parts of at least this episode in particular. Um, I think it's just kind of like, I, I think as a whole, it's like a great idea, a great opportunity of like, you know, sometimes people just don't, you know, different senses of humor or like they just don't connect yeah. or whatever. And so he connects with Andy just randomly because Andy had the soccer Oh, images soccer up. fan, huh? <laughs> and it's like you watch that scene and it's like he's, it's just like, why is he connecting with Andy? There's no, re- you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So and then he calls him a bastard. He's like, you bastard. You know, it's like, I feel like Charles, he's the type that wouldn't, you know, like, what'd you call me? Because mm. he, he, he'd get back into his seriousness. Well, like, but yeah. maybe he was having fun that day. Like yeah. that particular day, he was willing to be a little more like, well, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying too. His tie. Yeah. It's like, it's not like he, it's not like there's any reason why he, was treating Andy nice and not Jim. I mean, I guess Jim, because Jim got off on the wrong foot, right? He made a bad first impression and then it's hard to recover <laughs> from that, which indeed it was a, a, that is a bad first impression. And and if you, because it's not just the tuxedo, it's like the way he explained it was like, made it sound so much worse and just yeah, like, like he's so immature. Like Dwight sent out this memo about this important thing, like the dress code. And I just said, ha screw you. And did this funny thing to spite him. You know, that's kind of basically <laughs> what he said without saying it like directly, you know? Yeah. And he, yeah. and he just has that sort of puppy dog, like, like, Oh, isn't, isn't that funny? Like, isn't Dwight weird? <laughs> and yeah. Charles Miner's like, I don't know you like what or Dwight. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. And then, but uh, okay. So, you know, We'll we'll kind of get more into that later. Um, we don't we don't really see much of Dwight and Tr- 
controls interacting in terms of like that some of that See, stuff comes later, later but yeah. like mm-hmm. but i think yeah i think dwight is just he dwight immediately recognizes that you know jim isn't oh yeah the, the poor the boss is <laughs> so, like the gym adorable gym so for the for now dwight's yeah. kind of staying out of his own way but yeah, more importantly, we've got a big conflict between Michael and Charles because Michael is all, you know, he's all into his 15th anniversary party, the planning into that. And again, this is just going like, have figs. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the usual Michael shenanigans. Um, and we have just like a hyper realistic like person, no nonsense person, no nonsense person coming in and uh <laughs> and actually yep. the and there's like one of my favorite um there, there's so many like just great lines and and like little bits that are within that are peppered throughout the, this arc this multi-episode arc and one of them is um when michael is you know he's he's in denial about you know uh, Charles being like the go between. And so he's still trying to get in touch with David and he's talking to David on the phone and he's like, Oh, by the way, um, if we get the Cirque du Soleil performers on salary, will that help with the uh, costs? <laughs> and then there's like that big pause. That and pause. Uh, I think he hung me of that up. One cold, <laughs> he's like one cold no. open where, where it just like cuts quickly and there's going to be another line, but yeah, because in that one he says, what does he say yes in that one or no well well that one he said yeah he says yes because he's like are you still there wings fly or something and that's like the the new line from the super fan episode or something oh yeah yeah yeah. that cold open but i but anyways i I just love that like that little no (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i know one thing i was wondering when he actually goes to new york and and like David Wallace, okay, he tells him his problems, and David Wallace says what he says, and then Michael says he, he's going to quit. To you, what what else would David? What else should David have said to make him not quit? You know, or do you think he was going to quit no matter what? Oh yeah, well no, I mean the only other thing Michael was specifically asking for Charles to be fired. So like, but like Dave, was he though? I don't yeah, think he was. I think so because I think. He just wanted to not deal with him anymore, but I don't think he wanted to, like, he needed him gone. That was later where he's more adamant about yeah. leaving. But that, but I also, well, maybe, maybe not fired, but just not, you know, not. Yeah, uh, not in the office taken over. Yeah, not like, because cause our, our work styles are too much of a conflict. Um, and David wasn't willing to do that. So I think, I think because. Like Michael could tell David was just kind of placating him in the moment. And he was just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to come to your party. Right. Okay. I'm going to eat the figs personally. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to get the Cirque du Soleil performers. And, you know, but like Michael could tell that it's just like, well, after this party, Charles is still going to be the go between and it's still going to be this. Like every day, we'd have to make up that your kid's like on a a hostage or something, (laughs) like to get in touch with you, Stephanie. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah! So, lots of really great stuff, uh, in this first episode. Um, I I just uh, again, like just little, little things like the PPC. And, like, what's what's PPC? And, uh, who is it? Uh, Kelly, (laughs) Phyllis. Or Phyllis. Oh, they, they oh, Phyllis, right? Because she, yeah, because she's on the outs. Phyllis is like, she. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Phyllis is like, <laughs> oh, they spend hours planning parties. Yeah, <laughs> so great. And then the two-way petting zoo. 
<laughs> that that one reminded so me of the lines. one where where he he's like uh, talking um, in the later season when he's kind of having the idea for the slick uh, boxes, and it's like, oh no, Jim, <laughs> what is <laughs> senior load? What does uh, senior Lodenstein mean for KS muy rapido? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, one 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 little f- kind of question I had it might just be a flaw, but. Is Charles staying in Scranton or does he go back to New York? Because at the end of the episode, new boss, he's like, okay, I'll see you guys in a few weeks. And then he's there back in the next episode. Like, does that, is there a time, there's not a time jump, is there? Because he's, that would mean that he would, Michael would be gone by then. Well, no. Okay. So like he was originally planning to, to see them in a few weeks, but because Michael like quit, oh, he's like sticking okay. around. Cool, cool. And then, because, like, yeah, and then later... Plot plot hole filled. (laughs) Well, yeah, and then later, there's a reference to, like, David says something about, you know, the Scranton Radisson or something. Like, how's that treating you? And so, yeah. Charles, where will you be staying in Scranton? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, I guess that's a good segue into the next... Or, next one is two weeks. Um, So, two weeks is where, yeah, Michael is is on his two weeks notice, which, uh, for those who are not familiar, it's a... it's just like a courteous thing with um, white collar jobs where you're like, or any job really, where you're just like, "Hey, I'm not just gonna quit today and leave you high and dry. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two weeks to find a replacement before I stop working for you." Um, <laughs> and Michael, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> manifests the greatest form of this, where he's just like checked out completely. He's got his Splenda and Scotch. Tastes like Splenda, gets you drunk like scotch. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he's he's using a little uh, with that little like hand thing and just whack it in people's papers. And you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a, what does Jim say? It's like surprisingly, there is a big difference between Michael caring and Michael not caring. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's just like I'm gonna do a little of this, I'm gonna do a little of that, a little a, hey, oh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, just we've got classic Michael. He's procrastinating. He's not thinking past the next three minutes and um and we get charles um butting heads with that that's not his style charles charles is very uh well first of all he's in charge charles is in charge and he is he's a straight laced shooter and comes from uh, static hoist steel (laughs) yeah well as we learned in the last episode you know you can't paper isn't like steel you can't put paper in a fire you'll just ruin it Mm. Uh, yeah so Essentially, like the main thrust of this episode is is uh, Michael getting the idea to go out on his own and start his own paper company because um, you know was he inspired? Does he have a good does he have a good business plan? Does he have any like solid ideas or or is this just another sort of like delusional like he doesn't know what he's going to do and so he's going to lean on his quote unquote you know lifetime in the paper business uh, experience or whatever <laughs> and all his connections which is <laughs> prince paper which is <laughs> sorry we're no in more. business bye and then yeah. like another thing about that is, is like okay if, if prince family paper can't make it why does he think he can make it out there you know exactly <sighs> exactly it's yeah. just this and this is this is this. yeah and this is where i start to go okay okay this is this is an episode where 
you know, unlike the previous one, I, you know, this is kind of starting the pattern that I've recognized where it's yeah. like, it, it, it ebbs and flows. Like the new boss episode was good. I thought it was a good setup. Yeah, same. Very realistic. Um, this next one, uh, not so much because the other, the other part about this episode is, you know, we get Pam feeling like unfulfilled or something, which impulsive then impulsive halfway through the episode, like, yeah, she, halfway like through she, the episode, she's like, Michael, do you really want to do this? You know, it's like, oh, pillow talk, you know, like, which is funny because they haven't obviously even like left work since that, that day. Um, but like, it's like all of a sudden she's on board randomly at the end. Like she's like, yeah, you know what? This is the, this is the right decision to make. Like she's been all yeah. day literally just fixing a copier and getting paid to do it. And whatever she thinks Michael's going to do, even though she knows it's not a good idea, she's just going to like do it because it's different. Like, mm hmm. Which is why I get so mad at her in season nine, <laughs> but because uh, yeah, it's like, I how mean, can you make a decision like that? Jim's like, all right, cool, I guess. Like, it just lets you do it, and then like at the end later, you, you know, you're basically like, no, we have to stay here in this boring job. Anyway, that's jumping ahead <laughs> at my Pam annoyance. Okay. But anyways, yes. but yeah. So that one thing kind of bothered me in this episode was that obviously kind of starts where Pam her doing that is like, it feels out of character. It feels like, Oh, we need Pam to go off with Michael and have this funny storyline. Yeah. Know? No. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't track at all. It doesn't make any sense. Like you can see how they were trying to set up her feeling something like feeling unsatisfied with her life at, at its, I guess kind of, but it's just, yeah, it doesn't she work was right next to two, 10 feet. Like when she has her, her freak out in the car, she basically sums it up. She sums up what a mistake she made and how literally she shouldn't have done it. But she's like, but then Michael's like, well, now we're stuck. We have to figure out how to get out of it. But yeah, basically I agree. Uh, I agree with just uh, the motivations, the, all that stuff. It doesn't work for me. Um, so I think, you know, again, like there's still, I can't remember if it's this episode, but one of these early ones, you got Andy, you got the whole like, Hey Andy, how's it going? You know, nerf and, nerfing we got so many like just classic sort of little one-liners that 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 are peppered through um so yeah you know again this was uh one of the sort of downer episodes for me i didn't didn't like this one as much as some of the others i mean i do think like in general the whole idea of michael coming up with this idea and then like going through with it like that's all great and like yeah like him by himself like, i could I've see had this, this being dream. like a solo thing where he's trying it by himself but like no, i just mean like the whole him trying to he, him trying to recruit people and him being like i've had this dream since lunch and like people's <laughs> reaction to him yeah yeah and how they're and how they're not open to it and how they're like feeling awkward and like mm, you know like dwight like that's a <laughs> what does he yeah. say that's an interesting concept in it. <laughs> yeah. andy yeah interesting concept and, and dwight's like i would love to it, put a pin in that pushes, pushes <laughs> it off onto dwight hey dwight guess what <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, like yeah. that whole That's that funny. whole part of the episode is great um yeah. and yeah and the whole thing with oscar like it's just not prudent <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah do you have a budget do you have a, he's like you already have the job you're like you're don't you don't have to prove it to me are you prepared to go for five years without a salary michael <laughs> <laughs> most companies go two to five years without a salary yeah uh yeah well like oscar would be the one that would ne would never do it i mean like ever you know 
So yeah, see, I guess that's it for that one, really. I mean, because then at that point, that jumps us into Michael Scott Paper Company and Charles Binder being in charge. You know, he's actually like the boss now, starting mm-hmm. in this next episode. So yeah, so this um, next one, episode twenty, Dream Team, and also the introduction of Aaron, which I like. Um, this is the yes. one where this is a cool little C storyline where uh, Dwight, or maybe it's B. Uh, Dwight and Andy are both trying to uh, to swoon on uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I love their little their duet, like as they start to build it up more and more. Yeah, yeah. So, like this this little storyline is um, actually one of the one of my less uh, favorite things. I don't really like it that much, but but the one the duet scene. Right, I really right. like yeah. I like that scene a lot. I think it works really well. But like all the other like little scenes where they're kind of flirting with Aaron and it's awkward and like it just de- <laughs> yeah, I, it, it doesn't work weird. for me at all. <laughs> and this is a Paul Feig episode, so um, so yeah, that that tracks. But um, I think and, and like one like maybe this is the one where it's like the 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 Nerth and line but whatever but that it was that one yeah because he comes up he's like how you doing there's like a little part at towards the beginning where they're they're talking about like going hunting or something and like it's oh just yeah like, at, the, at the beginning of the episode it's yeah like, like i wish be, we we used to be enemies but now we're best friends or something like that <laughs> like not exactly but you know i just i wish we had gotten like i don't know like a follow-up on their hunting trip like it just seems like such a random and funny thing that for them to be out <laughs> hunting and like i don't know but yeah of course that's never like mentioned again or anything but that's true um but yeah so that i i do like the introduction of aaron and how her name is actually kelly but because kelly is <laughs> so thirsty for charles um <laughs> You know, Aaron's like, actually, I just, I'd prefer to go by Aaron anyways. It's my middle name. Right. Um, yeah, so that's, and that's, <laughs> that's all great. Which is kind of cool. Cause that means Charles hired her for the rest of the, for the rest of the show. She, Charles is mm. the one that hired her, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. So yeah. Yeah. Charles really, uh, really just bringing, bringing a lot of good, good stuff to the table here. Yeah. But yeah. So dream team. As a whole, I love this episode because, you know, this is where, you know, Pam shows up for her first day and Michael is not dressed and he's oh, making towers of French toast. And I just hookers here. <laughs> I just really relate to this avoidance sort of coping mechanism that Michael has where he's like, yeah, we'll get started as soon as we're done with breakfast. <laughs> Oh, we did get fashion <laughs> breakfast, and he's cooking like she's a like, million things. And... She's like, I'm full. <laughs> uh, like, she's trying to be nice about it, and he's just whisking the eggs. And um, so, yeah, I, I just, I think that's hilarious. And also, I just love that we're seeing Michael's condo after Jan's moved out. That's true. Yeah. Like, I just love this. I just love the structure of this episode. I love everything about it. I love how... At the beginning, um, you know, and this is the episode where I feel like there is a nice arc between Michael and Pam where it starts out with Pam being like, look, I'm I, I like I'm supporting you like emotionally, whatever. Like I'm the one who followed you. And so like we're going to do this step by step. And he's like, OK. And then so it starts Starts off okay, right? And then, like, every other step is, like, a hilarious misstep. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, you know, they get, they, they assemble the dream team, right? They get Vikram, which is like, come on, Vikram's a, Vikram's a, a great. Mensch. He's so great. He's so like from the beginning, Michael wants to get Ryan, but Pam's like, no. And so Michael pulls no, a fast why? one. <laughs> he pulls a fast one and like goes to the bowling alley where Ryan works under false pretenses of having to pee. One thing I noticed this time, like <laughs> when they come back to the car after getting Ryan, like Vikram, you know, cause Pam had gone in. Well, first of all, <laughs> like Michael's in there for a while and Vikram's like asking Pam, like, do you think he's bowling? Like, you know him better than I do. <laughs> And it's so funny. And then so then they, they, they come back. And so Vikram's been waiting out there by himself. And the first thing he <laughs> says is, come on, guys, these are prime selling hours. I like, know. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. Like, uh, And so then they go to meet with a potential investor who's Nana. <laughs> and like that, just that look on Pam's face when. What does Nana mean anyway? <laughs> oh, yeah. So and funny. then later in the car. Yeah. And then it means grandmother. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I do love the, the investment club thing. That is really funny. Mm. So great. Yeah. You get the impression that Michael has, like, Michael is very close with Nana and, like, has gone to her for stuff a lot. And so you get the impression that she's like, I'm no, no more. Like, I'm done <laughs> with this kind of stuff. Right. And it's just, yeah, I, I love everything about, like, every minute of that whole thing where they're just, they're in the nursing home and, like, he's introducing them and, like, no, keep standing. Stay standing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the way he introduces Ryan, like, the youngest vice president <laughs> under Midland's history and recent bowling alley employee. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's, my mission is stated as follows. Yes, he doesn't know what that, he doesn't even know what a mission is. I will not be beat. <laughs> I am on a mission. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do love all that, though. It's so, really funny. And look, I will yeah. concede, this is getting cartoony, right? It's getting ridiculous. But it's like, the to me, it's like dinner party level. Like, this is yeah hilarious. Yeah. And, and this episode was written by... Greg Daniels, BJ, and Ricky Gervais. So wait, they all wrote the Michael Scott this current one, Dream Team. Dream Team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. No, and and, and you're right. You you are right about the character development and arc in this in this one episode. There actually is where it's like it starts out one way where Michael's avoiding stuff and Pam's like, okay, let's just do it. Like if I'm going to do it, let's just do it. And then by the end, she's worn out and tired and just like. Just like, ugh, like, screw this, all these bad things happened. And, you know, even at the end, like, the only thing they actually, he's like, he's like, hey, we got Ryan. And she's like, kind of like, ugh. <laughs> like, that's like the one thing she didn't want. And that's what they got. And that's oh hilarious. God, yeah. And another thing that I, like, just didn't notice really that much before or maybe ever on previous rewatches is right, like, at the beginning of that scene when they get back from dropping Vikram off and, uh, and Pam's dejected. Like Ryan just jumps out of the car and he's like, do you get you TNT? TNT? What? Yeah. The channel TNT. Do you get it? Yeah. I've got and satellite and cable. Just in case. <laughs> and it's just like, what is Ryan? Like it's, oh God, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, but yeah, you're right. It's like, that's, that's a nice little arc where, yeah, you've got Pam motivating Michael and then Michael motivating Pam and, at the end. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that's well done and it's really the, the only thing that's kind of keeping the storyline afloat, because if you think about it, if not for that sort of 
character, like emotional arc between Pam and Michael, like what they're not going to succeed in any kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not, they don't have anything. And cause that's the thing that kind of gets Michael to think outside the box and, um, and get like a, you know, something cool and free from Billy Merchant in terms of an office space. Right. Well, and see, I think the problem is the, the thing is, it's like this one episode did that really well in terms of like that, but it doesn't do that much throughout the rest of it. It's it almost like you could tell there was different writers and there was different, you know, direction for the storyline because it it almost felt like a like a jj abrams ryan johnson kind of thing where one of them just like oh well let me rewrite this and since this guy did this i gotta do this and i almost feel like they did this thing with pam where she freaked out in the car because of like ah well maybe we wouldn't have done that and then they also realized but we're in this position so let's have michael say that you know kind of thing to where maybe they didn't want to do that you know who knows i don't know because it just seemed if it was so, because this one was so good, and then the last episode was so out of like kind of left field and kind of didn't make sense, so it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I wonder how they structure these story these things. But. It doesn't feel like they're all on the same page in the, in this sense with the storyline. I don't know. It felt it felt like everyone wrote their own episode, and um, there wasn't much of a flow in terms of like. The character development, the arcs, uh, overall, I don't know. And I, I, I guess uh, I'll kind of get into some of the stuff. I guess we'll get into the next episode in a little bit, but more of the Ryan, Pam, Michael dynamic. I just don't like. I don't. I that. I don't know. To me, I don't think they make they make a good like trio on screen. I think it's like like Ryan's too like I don't care for any for any of this mm-hmm. uh and and Pam gets just too annoyed by both of them so why would she be part of this and it just yeah. kind of like as as this goes on I get more and more like why would this even be happening still like I feel like both of them would have left Michael would be by himself <laughs> you know what I mean it's just it's like why would they stay <laughs> yeah. in this tiny little place let's go well, well I guess we'll move on to the next episode cuz we, right, we really yeah. I mean what well, we agree that the last episode was great Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of where we're getting into like the overall storyline issues for me, at least um, in terms of like where it goes, um, at, you know, at that point. Cause I, I, I also feel like just a few episodes before new boss, we had lecture circuit, which was uh, Michael and Pam together by themselves. And it's like, I just feel like this whole season, there's been way too much of them just by themselves hanging out, like outside the office. And like, that's okay. Like, I don't mind that, but I just feel like, we need more variety, I think, in terms of like who's on screen. Because hmm. um, I mean, right? Because lecture well, circuit. We'll just have to agree to disagree. Well, wouldn't you say the lecture circuit was a lot of Michael and Pam, and then this is a lot of Michael and Pam, and I, I don't know. It's just kind of like he, she's kind of paid. Kind of just feels like she's babysitting him at this point. Like the way she treats him and talks to him, and the way they talk to each other, it's like doesn't seem like they respect. There's a respect there. It's yeah. Kind of like. She's just kind of dealing with him. I do agree with that in terms of their dynamic is is not great. And it does feel like, yeah, it's like, why is she like she's not getting anything out of this? And it's almost just like she's like trying to save face. So she just keeps doubling right. down and like, I'll just yeah. stick with it. But but yeah, I mean, you know, but just in terms of I like it doesn't bother me that, you know, they're kind of have their own dynamic. Because like you said, it's like the it's like them and Ryan and Ryan adds like a different. I mean, just a very comedic angle to stuff because 
I mean, to me, like the like Ryan at this point is hilarious so much so that it makes up for it makes it believable to me, you know? Well, that I do agree with that. I do feel like that's the most realistic Ryan we've ever gotten in the show where he just kind of doesn't care and he's lying about stuff and he's, you know, kind of. Yeah. And it, well, and there's just so many funny things that like. But he also does nothing for the company. Is there one thing? Yeah. But that's the thing is that it's like he that, gets away with it. They're, well, and they're just asking you to ignore the fact that this wouldn't be viable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we we already know there's kind of you, you know there's not like a lot of work stuff in the show because it's more about relationships and stuff like that. But it's it's getting to be a stretch to believe that okay they got a free office space because it was just like a janitor's closet, but like. That's pretty unbelievable, you know. Like Billy Merchant is is putting his neck on the line for violating building codes like that, and um, <laughs> and they they put their name on, like on the thing on the code, and like they can't be getting paid a salary like Jim or Pam and Ryan and Michael can't be getting paid very much either. Yeah, they're not getting paid anything. They're not so getting like, paid what anything. Are they doing? They're sitting in this closet, and and he, and there's times where they're just sitting there doing nothing. They're not making calls. They're not on the... There's one computer. Ryan's on it doing whatever he wants to do. <laughs> Pam's just sitting there not doing... what She's like, what do yeah. I do? Go in the corner. It's like, what are we doing? Like, come on, guys. You guys suck. <laughs> like, it's just... It, but, I think it makes me mad sometimes, like, how bad they are as, like, a company. Like, like okay, well, you guys aren't even trying to, like, make this work. Yeah, but it's funny. So, I to me, that's why it works as an episode and as a story thing because the funny makes up for the uh, like unbelievability of it you know but i think what's what the thing is is it it was funny for a couple episodes but now it's like getting a little old it's like okay well you guys aren't really doing anything to make your company more successful well this is the first time they're in the office and doing all that stuff though that yeah, I know, but I'm saying like every scene you see them in the office, they're not actually really doing anything. They're just talking to each other. They're not actually working on anything. <laughs> like they're not making sales calls. They're not trying to like yeah. do any. So I guess to me, it's just like you don't get any grind out of them. You don't get any kind of like okay, well like they're, they're trying. You kind of respect what they're doing. It's like no, you just you just kind of don't care. You're just like okay, well these they're all kind of being lazy about it. Even well, Michael. That see that doesn't bother me because it's funny, you know what I mean? Like I don't care about their actual work ethic. I know, but it would be kind of more funnier if they like tried harder. But then when they try harder, funny, crazy, ironic things happen to them, like in Silicon Valley or something, where they're still trying to build a business, but they yeah. have funny things happen to them. They don't have to just sit around and do nothing for it to be funny. <laughs> well, Michael did do the pancake breakfast. <laughs> Why so. are they squares? They need to be built. They need to be cooked from the inside as a circle. <laughs> Creed, and that's another thing too. They all have business cards. They get there, which is kind of funny, but it's like. They didn't think about that at all. And then it's this one guy who shows interest. They have to write on a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. So I, I guess I just get a little annoyed by how, as a as someone who's like, I work in the private sector. It's, it's not forgiving. That's from Ghostbusters, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, you got to try harder. And I guess it's it, for me, it's, it was like the only episode they really tried hard was Dream Team when they did that all together and they all were all trying and stuff, but then like they kind of at the end of the time, that was the one where they were trying, but they kept failing. And that was funny to me versus them just sitting in the office, throwing cheese puffs, which we're, we'll get to that later, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing just isn't as fun. Anyways, 
I guess at, at this point we should probably move back to Charles because he's in the office now. Yes. Um, on the other side of the office, above upstairs, and this is this the this is the rundown thing with Jim, right? I think this this always bothered me. You didn't like the rundown. I love the rundown. I mean, I think <laughs> it's like kind. It's like it's like kind of funny. But this is like where this is where I you know how you're saying like well that thing that it just bothers me that they're not working like it just bothers <laughs> yeah. me that like Jim sucks at his job so much like uh, because like okay well he's good at selling but he's bad at everything else because I mean obviously well, I, remember that one time he got the sales cap commission and he was just like not selling for episodes and episodes like in the season six so he's good at his job he's just not good at that kind of like random things like. Like he should yeah. know what it is. He should know the format. That shouldn't be a tough thing. And he should have asked the salesman, not Oscar. Ask any of the other salesmen. Hey, what's a client list rundown? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's just kind of like, like when he, <laughs> when he's like, so Charles says something about like send it send it out to the distribution list, and yeah. Jim is like, my distribution, the one I have. It's just like, well, yeah, what other distribution list, the one that you don't have, like what, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, well, it's, but I kind of know what he means too, where it's like, if a boss is really, they're ambiguous and kind of just broad about what they're saying, but like, and especially because of his relationship with how yeah, tense he is and how they're true. so tiptoey, he's so tiptoeing <laughs> around him. So yeah. he doesn't want to ask him, even the way he kind of comes into the, the office when he kind of slides like swings in when he has his feet by the door. <laughs> I love that. He's like, Hey, so just wanted to get the format down for that rundown, you know? And it's like, yeah, just a basic rundown, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing where it's like, they don't give you an answer and you kind of just have to yeah, trying to, to figure out how to do this job, but you don't want to ask him 400 times, but they're not really giving you a direct answer at any time. And so I, yeah, I actually yeah. do get that. It's just, he, you're right. He should know what he's doing, but if it's something he's never heard of, like maybe Michael's never asked him to do it. Cause think about it, Michael's been the boss for, 15 years so <laughs> yeah yeah he's never been asked to do that before so it actually it makes sense it's just i get what you mean maybe it's not as funny but i i i don't have as big of a problem with that like logistically because i i personally have been there before as an employee yeah maybe maybe because i can relate to it so much that's why it bothers me you know okay, what i mean yeah, like it's like too much it's like triggering. <laughs> yeah. but anyways um yeah we, there's just there's there's lots of good stuff in this one. Um, it's it's not you know I agree it's not it's it's not as good as the last one. Dream Team. I do like how Andy and Charles and and Jim and Charles kind of mirror Andy and Robert in season eight, where it's like that like joke, but then like the they don't get the joke at all kind of thing. Like what like when um you know Andy's like so how are things day to day you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and the time when he's like I- I've been here less times so I think I should you know have the bar lowered for a newbie and you know is that really something you want to have been had said you know and like those kind of things where he just says things that like get the boss mad at him kind of thing. Well, yeah, and, and actually <laughs> I love that line, <clears throat> that line too that after Charles says to Andy, is that something you want really want to have had said? And Andy's like. <laughs> I, I I wish I hadn't have said it, but it's something I think you need to hear, <laughs> yeah. or like I need you need to know. And then or that, something and that like zooms that. in on Charles. Charles, he's like, I don't know how to motivate these people. <laughs> <laughs> like the B roll, like uh, so funny. Going back to the Michael Scott Paper Company, real quick the the whole thing where like the 
the bathroom above them and like Toby go is like on the toilet and he's like have you seen damages so good <laughs> yeah so yeah we have to we're at the pancake luncheon um right is that that that's this episode right yeah <laughs> like Pam's like what do we do today and then his only thing is we just wait and see how many people show up to the luncheon. <laughs> so dumb. Once again, not working. Then it's like, but then like, but then he just randomly out of nowhere is like, hey, can you make 800 copies of this piece of paper? <laughs> like, well, what about yeah. when you just asked five minutes ago what we were supposed to do today? That's the only thing you had to do. 